Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. The Diablo Mining Company has released a statement regarding the collapse of their site in Desperation, Nevada, stating, Our engineers have inspected the damage. Effective immediately, the site will be closed indefinitely. At this time, that's all we can talk about. Can talk about. You are listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside C.M. Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. And today, we are continuing our coverage of Desperation, chosen by Nick Tennant. And today, we're finishing this book. What? Let's do it. (laughs) How do we finish this? (laughs) Slow and steady. It's, I didn't even realize until I had brought my book to my new job just how absurdly big this book is. <laughs> the same thing happened to me. I The other day, I was because I've been listening to it, and I wanted to read it, too. Mm. So I'm sitting with the book. I'm like, oh, Devin, I'm not going to be able to help out this afternoon because I really want to read this. And I held it up, and he goes, it's that big. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> A I, listener messaged that they were looking for their copy, and I replied. How'd you, how'd you lose that? <laughs> I replied, have you checked your dinner table? <laughs> By which I mean, have you been using it as your dinner table? <laughs> It's it's crazy because <laughs> three episodes and I have not felt like rushed or no. like it is yeah. too much. It is dense, but a quick read. Mm, yes. And we'll do an equally quick recap. The remaining members of the Kali Intragian Survival Society <laughs> have no. been on the run from a killer possessed cop, now housewife. <laughs> <laughs> hiding out in a an abandoned movie theater and our resident little prey boy <laughs> has just been nearly strangled to death by a big lady. <laughs> <laughs> and we rejoin our heroes question mark in the back of Steve Ames panel truck, right? Yeah. Yep. That they he was originally driving cross country following Johnny Hardwick or <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> that was his name, right? Marinville. Marinville. Okay. <laughs> ben, he's America's gift to writing. The, the most. Oh my god! I I feel bile rising in the back of my throat thinking of the phrase "the one white male author in America that matters." Yeah. Blech. And he says it so many times. Well, thinks it so many times. <laughs> the number of times he calls himself the literary lion. I, <laughs> it makes me so mad that they make him Jesus. I <laughs> Spoiler. Anyway, in the back of Steve Ames' truck, David comes to and uh, slams a jolt cola, <laughs> which is a terrible idea. It's very carbonated. <laughs> they, 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 it's it, very true. It'll give him energy, though, and that sugar is going to help. The, yeah, they're going to need it because he immediately tells our friends that they are on a suicide mission. <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected from the end of the last chapter ending with the God Bomb, as he later refers it, to finding out that David is going to wake up and just be like, I've got to tell you the whole story again, real quick. <laughs> I 
I really liked this though because of everything we get. Yes. With what happened that we didn't see. I think it's really... The first version of the story is already like a real good ghost story. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that was a little bit wrong. Here's what actually happened. You're like... Oh, and it's somehow worse? Yeah! Yes. It may be less racist. racist. <laughs> yeah. Not by a lot. No, not a Not ton. by a lot. The circumstances are still racist. Yes. But the real story is pretty fucking cool. First, though, Johnny has to try his best to not listen to David. He is not fucking interested in listening. Oh, man. I, I do. Fuck, I hate Johnny. But yep. I do love the moment, that moment you're talking about where he thinks, before this kid starts talking, I could knock him out real quick. <laughs> and then not have to hear what he's about to say that I know is going to change everything. And then we just get out of here. And I was like, yeah, Johnny, I get it. That's... I. That thought makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's my biggest problem with Johnny is that, okay, I'm going to keep my religious views to a minimum this episode. I, I'm not going to go on any major rants. But the fact that they put so many reasonable ideas in the mouth of the biggest asshole in the world, <laughs> like his views of like i'm not gonna uh, obey this order like that's gonna kill us all when the only upside is it will make god happy like that's a yeah. pretty reasonable view mm -hmm. but king is like mm, no you should be against this because fucking johnny's the one saying it <laughs> like it's annoying do you think king can write a writer and not make him an entire piece of shit on accident like he you know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's go back through our king writers. I mean, they all have their toxic traits, like Thad, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but do you think like he can just pull that off of making a writer who's a complete waste of space? Or because he is hmm. a writer, he just can't quite... Oh, he, he has he, to give them yeah, some redeeming like he quality? Help, but but make him the hero? See... Oh, that's a really good yeah, point. Yeah, that's because I'm thinking back. Well, oh. I guess uh, what what was the character's name from 1408? He was kind of an asshole and didn't wasn't really given any redemption oh. in the book anyway. Guys, guard flies a spaceship. See, <laughs> yeah, guard guard is a similar, but you kind of you kind of love him. Yeah, in the end, you're supposed King, to be King like loves to give us a piece of crap and then make that person sacrifice themselves to save the day. I think he mm. finds that satisfying. Well, yeah. It's a satisfying redemption arc for Johnny because, as we discussed from the beginning of reading this, we were all saying, like, that Johnny's, Johnny, Ben, you posited Johnny being the villain at one point. That I it really could be manipulated. Man, I called it. Yeah. <laughs> the, just, but it's, it is that idea yeah. of this whole book. It's been, there's not a single situation that can make Johnny do this until we get to the one thing that ever could. Yeah, because it would be weird if he was a piece of shit the whole time. Then he was like, all right, I'm cool now. <laughs> well, and, we, and we'll get to it. But when we find out what started his turn down such a dark path, mm. it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. a little bit more why he's the yeah. way he is. So we will get there. Yeah, we are jumping so, so far ahead. We should have just talked about Johnny for all these episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I did like that we get confirmation of something that we kind of talked about last episode, that Johnny says to himself, he admits to himself, that Tack 
is not the only thing he is afraid of. He is just as afraid of David as he is Mm -hmm. of the evil that is going on around them, which is pretty fascinating. Mm His idea is great, like that he's it he's scared for his life for very different reasons with both of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ben, I have a point I wanted to throw out to you because we talked we touched on the religious stuff a little bit. But it, as David is, you know, David tells them about his like Ellen is gone mm-hmm. and things like that. But uh, I have a line in here that David says that they need to set Ellen to rest so she can be with Pi, quote, wherever there is for us after we die. Very specifically, not heaven. Yes, that also stood out to me. And because we, we talked about. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It just he, he it seems like the Christian God, because the reverend is kind of walking him through this so that he says that. And, and the Ellen thing in his vision had, I think it was Ellen, right? Mm-hmm. Had mm-hmm. made a similar comment. Or yeah. maybe it was Audrey. Like, that's not the only God. Right. There are many other gods. And that being the, how we posited the, this is a larger God uh, hiding mm-hmm. behind the ruse of the quote unquote almighty God. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was an interesting hint that that might I, may or I, may not. I wish there were more of that. Yeah, I me wish too. because especially the ending, mm-hmm. definitely the characters don't take that away. If if at the end David acknowledged that, if David had the thought of like, okay, I still believe in God, but it is the God I believe in is not the same like god of love mm-hmm. that christianity poses you know that would be a thousand times more interesting of being like i i believe in god because i've received supernatural divine proof that he exists mm-hmm. but i also believe in this cruel god that does not care about us mm-hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, the end of this book <laughs> Goes the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Johnny says something very interesting about calling out David for, you know, if, if this is later, I think, but the, uh, sorry, I hate to break it to you, but other places have God too. Mm-hmm. And his response is, I'm going to butcher this, but it's essentially you're born under what God you're born under. It's like the, you don't decide what God you are kind of attached mm-hmm. to in this cosmic it's, energy. It's uh, kind of an American God's take on yeah. theology, yes. which I actually yes. really yeah. love. Oh, let's cover that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Patreon. yes, please. Give me a reason to reread American Gods. <laughs> and we'll go to the carousel and oh, we'll read it. We finally. will. Uh, can we take a break and just plan our vacation? Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> no, we'll we'll go on. David and Johnny bicker for a while. Uh, there's kind of a cool part where Johnny hears Tracy in his head and David repeats her. Yes. Yes. Like, don't be a gonzo or don't, something? Yeah. Don't be a gonzo, he thinks. And David immediately... While making brutal eye contact. <laughs> yeah, it's I love a it. good bit. And then he's like, kid, kindly get the fuck out of my head. <laughs> it's so good. Another moment I want to just briefly mention is that while they're having this argument, Steve kind of steps in and is like, because everyone else in the van... We've only been talking about Johnny and David Mm. because they're kind of the crux Mm -hmm. of everything. But everyone else in the van completely on David's side. And Steve says, you know, Johnny, you need to hear the kid out. And Johnny responds by saying, I'm your fucking boss. That's such a good moment. That is such a Mm -hmm. good heel moment Mm -hmm. because of 
Well, the self-loathing, too, that he immediately feels when he says it, but he sticks with it. Especially because in the last episode, he tells Steve, they have like that moment Mm -hmm. in the theater where they're kind of being buddy-buddy, where he's like, don't call me boss. I don't like it when people call me boss. Mm -hmm. And it's this moment is like, oh, nothing Johnny says means anything. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. such a blowhard. (laughs) I love that David gets him to listen by basically using his love of storytelling against him. <laughs> That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David says, I have a story, so you don't want to leave without hearing the story. He's like, damn it. <laughs> He's really <laughs> mad at him. He's like, okay, you got me. <laughs> so they sit down, and David tells the true story of the China pit. In my notes, take it away, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, So we essentially find out that when the miners broke through and they found this opening. The the innie. innie. We asked about this Mm -hmm. last episode and we're like, I have no idea what the fuck (laughs) is. We just needed to be patient. Yeah. (laughs) They they opened that area and it was full of those Cantoy and the miners thought that they were just picking up something valuable that either they could take back home or they could sell or something. I would have picked one up. Yeah, I absolutely would be 100%. This is why I can never exist in a D&D style world. <laughs> <laughs> if, if cursed objects existed in the real world, I'd be so fucked. I would always rush in. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so the two people the, that returned to town in the original story, they came in babbling nonsense and were killed. It turns out those two were the only people who uh, didn't either immediately get infected or touch any Cantoy. They were brothers. They were in the back and they mm-hmm. saw enough of what was going on that they're like, okay, let's yeah. leave. When, he's, when they talk about physically seeing somebody they know grow before their eyes... And all the, just all that instinct says, we have to go right now. It's a horrifying scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the we, we can't possibly do it justice oh. just talking about it. I mean, you're going to do a great job. But <laughs> I just mean it's the, the way it's described, complete instant chaos, because the mm-hmm. can toys have different effects on different people. I appreciated yeah. that. Yes, I really appreciated this explaining. Why things. Yeah. It makes sense. And we, and we even get uh, two people having sex with it between their teeth as something he they witnessed down there. So they watch all of this go absolutely insane and they make a break for it, even running past the, the white guards, essentially, that are supposed to keep them in line. And they get to the front entrance and they take pickaxes to the ceiling and the supports because they are the ones who brought the cave in down mm-hmm. and like they had a gun at the the gun at one point and had to shoot some people to get stop them from reaching them people they knew this is one of those scenes that i can picture so clearly yes, in my head yes. it is so cinematic mm-hmm. i can see an a24 film of this mm-hmm. in this scene <laughs> in my head the thing that i love the most though is the fact that they are taking the pickaxes to the support and it specifically says it, it should have come down. It, they've created a dome to the point that one is on the other's shoulders to hit high enough. Mm-hmm. And so this for, some force is keeping it. And just before a bunch of them can come out, they get one final hit and they get kind of buried in the rubble and manage to get out and escape. But sadly, they did not 
really escape. Tack got on the, on them somehow, and mm-hmm. they spent those days between the cave-in and when the two people came back. And in the original story, they said it was a few weeks, and in reality, it was three mm-hmm. days. And they'd been using the powers of Tack to summon animals of the desert to them so they could eat them to survive. Mm-hmm. And then when they got into town, then they were killed almost immediately. You could almost say Tack's mark was on them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They had left the cave, but they were still in the cave. <laughs> ah, so good. And it made me so worried for Steve and Cynthia, but mm. apparently it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. No, that's Well, and this is uh it's it's after sharing this that he talks about, if I remember right, it's that he we go into them discussing that Kali taking the whole town out in four days and revealing that Kali was not the first of the vehicles that were taken. Oh, when we get to that, oh that might have been my favorite oh, part of yeah. this, yes. this section that we're reading today was the the days that we missed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's this point that Johnny make it's right that Johnny's like, well, fuck it, let's just we can move those cars and let's get going. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we could. Well, David <laughs> says that we wouldn't have to. Yeah, the cars yeah, they're are gone. gone. He yeah. says Tack wants us to leave now. Uh, Tack expects us to leave so it can continue whatever it's mm-hmm. doing, but we can't do that. If we do that, we are, Tack will follow us. Maybe not That's literally. That's so interesting, though, because the whole reason they're doing it is because it's an affront to God. Mm-hmm. So... See, I, but, but I if, don't think that's true. Well, but if, if Tack is going to follow them, then... That's well, a better reason. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's it's literally tech. It's like a Mark of Cain thing. Yeah. It's, well, right. But yeah. I mean, it's it's just posed to us. Well, it's posed to David as it really doesn't. It's not going to change anything except mm-hmm. he doesn't like that. And so you got to take care of it. So then for it to for the stakes to actually be a little more serious. So maybe that's why Cynthia and Steve are going to be OK, because Tack is walled back up. That makes as much sense as anything. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And they talk about Tack thinks that he took them at random. Yeah. They were sent. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they they talk about why them. Why Mm -hmm. were they not killed on sight? And they're like, I don't know. Uh, Which is a question we ask. God God marked us or whatever. Well, Don't think about it too hard. We had another question answered too, which I love, which is part of this like now modern day, you know, a couple days ago retelling that the the first guy to encounter, you know, grabbed up like oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can toy and spread them around town, which is part of because it seems like, wow, Kali slaughtered a whole town. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we get to that, oh there's mm-hmm. so much cool stuff. But first, as they're still bickering, we catch up with Mary, mm-hmm. who at the end of our last episode was yanked out of a window by Ellen Carver Tack. And now Mary comes to in a stench, uh, thinking her refrigerator has gone bad. May, may I? Yeah, no, please, walk us through this scene, because it's rad. Yeah, Mary wakes up thinking, like, she's disoriented, she can't see anything, so she smells something awful and thinks back to when her and Peter went on vacation, and they came back, and the freezer had gone out, and she's, like, lamenting all of these, all this meat that they lost, and the smell was horrible and stuff, and it's just one of those really upsetting, like, we've all had it, you wake up, like, after something bad has happened, and the, the moment of just like reprieve you have from it before reality slaps you in the face again and you realize you're fucked. Mm -hmm. That happens to Mary. And it is so dark in there that she has to blink her eyes 
multiple times to make sure they're open. So she she turns on her flashlight and she's, you know, trying to figure out what's going on and her head is killing her and she's dizzy and it's the most like nasty sounding abysmal situation mm. that you could imagine. And all around her, there are, I'm going to call them piles, <laughs> piles of creatures, rats, snakes, like rattlers, like poisonous things. Mm, black widow spiders. Yes, uh, another cougar or some sort of big cat, dead bodies, yeah. congealing in oh. nightmare city. She has there like a rat crawls over her at one point, a spider's in her hair and she's like freaking out trying to get it out. So she like accidentally squishes it and the poison gets on her hand and then her hand is throbbing. She is not having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> It is awful. <laughs> this scene, I this would drive me to madness, uh, mm -hmm. I think, instantly. But specifically the spider thing, do either of you know if that's a thing that really happens? Because it's the same thing that happens to Flag in Eyes of the Dragon when he crushes the venomous spider wearing the I dragon like male venom glove. topically would have an mm -hmm. effect on Does you. it? I believe so, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Can I, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bitch about one thing Mary does. Mm. And I'm, I apologize if this is, because we will jump back and then we'll come back to Mary. At some point, because she is so freaked out, she does reach out to David's God, which is a thing she hasn't done since she was a child. And she was at summer camp and she was just, you know, like any kid who was like, oh, this is terrible. And I'm petrified and like prayed to God that her mother would come get her. Mm -hmm. And her mother didn't. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, she's never spoken to God until now. Hilarious. And I'm not religious, but fucking Mary. <laughs> have a better reason that's so funny it's so pretentious and i love her but it's like dude like oh i'm sorry little rich girl go to summer camp and she was sad for a few days till she figured out my friends get bent it is <laughs> this little mary gets home from summer and her parents are like how was camp she goes god's dead and then just walks away there is no god it's it's i didn't even think about this it, I, it completely passed me by without a second thought but that is such a funny reason to lose your religion i know but it took <laughs> like I support her, whatever she wants to believe. But wow, <laughs> I at ten years old, if I'd stubbed my toe and been like, "Wow, Jesus isn't real anymore," because this hurts. <laughs> Take away the pain, God. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Did I capture everything in this yes, Okay, yes. Let's talk the, about the, Polly and everybody now. Yeah, well, yeah, the bodies, three of the bodies that are in this room are Kali and two other men that she posits are previous hosts. Oh, I I loved hearing about them, yeah. which is mm -hmm. sick because they <laughs> suffered. But before we hear about them, we catch up with Tack, who is sitting in the innie, the well of the worlds, looking down at this unworldly red light <laughs> poking out of a tiny hole at the bottom of a well. Meditating. It's mm -hmm. so cool until it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> what what gotcha, Ben? Uh so okay. The the innie, the world well of the worlds, this is the king shit I love. Mm -hmm. Otherworldly, un things that shouldn't be there and don't make sense. It's Lovecraftian. Yes, Lovecraftian yep. shit. Stuff that is so alien and I, I that it, I eat that you shit. You struggle to imagine uh, it. Exactly. Yeah. It's 
awesome until at a later chapter, this is jumping ahead a little, where we find out that this isn't like in my head, I'm imagining this this <laughs> tiny hole being like a metaphysical thing, mm-hmm. right? It is not really it's just what we see it as. I I thought of it as the deadlights. It could still be well because it's it's three light. It's three holes. Yeah, I I I it, in my head it yeah. was the deadlights. Which is is it a real place? Is it a like oh, mind world? Our interpretation of it. Yeah, it could still be even even though. At, at a later, I forget who says it, but someone it might have been David when he's talking about all mm-hmm. of it. He's in, informing everyone about what they have to do. He says that Tack literally lives in this hole, and the only reason he can't come out is he doesn't fit. <laughs> and that's hilarious. <laughs> It does undermine his scariness a little bit. It does. But I I choose, I continue to choose to believe all of that to be a metaphor. Okay. Because it's cooler that way. I I wish I could do that because that is the better way to read it. I just, I just, I really got you, huh? Only because, so this whole time, in my head, it's just been. You know, if you could fit through that hole, it's a hole. It's it's it'd be like going into hell. It's a mm. deal. Like mm-hmm. so, he's just so him being trapped in the hole is that he's in a whole universe. Yeah, it's just this is that mm-hmm. one passageway. But the way you described it just made me think of like him stuck just beneath <laughs> just looking it. And being like, hey, hey, <gasps> glory hole, hey, glory hole. <laughs> we'll get there. It's kind of a glory. <laughs> it's kind hole. of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> it's just that visual of yeah, him that. texting cross legged, all pissed off under it. Like, I wish I could fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to chapter two. We get back to more bickering uh, before <laughs> David tells the story of Carrie Ripton, a real mm. piece of shit. Johnny's a real piece of shit, but I I enjoy reading about him. He Carrie, has charisma. Yeah, Carrie Ripton has none. No, I, but I also really loved reading about Ripton because I knew his end would be so horrifying. <laughs> like he was such a piece of shit. I was like, I can't wait to see how this dude dies. He's almost cartoonishly. Yes, because absolutely. his his motivation is he wants to find treasure. <laughs> Which is funny. He's a Scrooge McDuck villain. Yeah, he's uh, Carrie Ripton was this fucking loser pit foreman working for the Diablo Mining Company, and he's just—I don't even want to talk about him. He's just like an unpleasant, racist yeah. George Costanza motherfucker. Yeah. That's generous. George Costanza is fun, at least. <laughs> but he was on the job when the China Pit was uncovered, and he immediately is like, I gotta get in there. I'm going in, I'm waiting till everyone goes home, and I'm going in there and I'm getting treasure. Because mm-hmm. it probably doesn't exist, but worst case scenario, it caves in and kills me. My life I'm, is terrible. Yeah, I'm pissing blood, so... That's right. It's, yeah. This this is the way to go if I'm gonna go. Which is really, that's a I good that. bit of... I kind of like that, yeah. Well, it's also a good bit of payoff, because <laughs> earlier... Tack was like, ah, what were the odds that the first guy, like so many of the guys, uh, people that I've taken over have been sick? Because we're just shitty meatbags, Tack. (laughs) We're sick all the time. (laughs) When the pit is uncovered, there are seven men on shift, and there's only about 90 in the company. Mm. So... It's, again, we have to think about how small a town desperation is. Because 
when everyone goes home and Carrie essentially tells everyone, like, it's fine. We'll report it in the morning. Keep it to yourself. Don't tell (laughs) anyone. He goes into the pit, comes out, and hunts down those seven men to kill them in their sleep. I love this because it basically goes from him saying, you know, please, I I don't expect you to keep this a secret forever, forever, but if you give me like 24, 48 hours, just let me, you know, call who I need to call and get things straightened out. And he's reflecting to himself. Some of them might respect me enough to do it. Others just won't be able to keep their mouths shut. And then the next sentence is literally him like going into one of the guy's houses. It's like 2.30 in the morning. He goes into this guy's house. He shoots him in the head, shoots his wife in the head. And it's you don't you don't see what happens, like why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. Yeah, it's all all of this is very fast. This book is like butter. You just like glide through it. It's like a rock on a corner. (laughs) (laughs) He goes about, this is the point where he spreads the cantas around town, which is the point where I was like, oh. That's so upsetting. If they make a desperation TV series, (gasps) this is where it starts. Hell yeah. Like, I would hope that season one is just, it starts from the Cantoy Madness. Yeah. The- it's great. <laughs> the he put them all around town inside some people's houses Mailboxes. inside pants pockets i was like imagine you get dressed in the morning and you just that's imagine it that's you it wake up in the middle of the night to some guy putting treasure in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my genie wishes <laughs> more treasure more treasure <laughs> uh carrie goes about and quickly realizes that this body isn't going to last for very long. Mm-hmm. And so uh, well, before he decides to take care of it, uh, he returns to the pit to find hundreds of animals coming out of the pit with cantas in their teeth. Mm-hmm. And he responds to it by yelling, what a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> I also made a note, Tack laughs. It says, Tack laughs with Ripton's vocal cords, and something about that phrase was so gross to me. Oh, it's because it's his name, too. Yeah. Ripton's vocal cords. It's a very visceral-sounding sentence. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) The way he decides to, to replace himself, he picks a guy, Brad Josephson, and there's uh, he knows Brad Josephson is at the Owls Club Diner because yeah. he eats there every morning. And I, I just love it has nothing to do with anything, but he describes the Owls Club as, quote, open 24 hours, but like a vampire never really alive. That's <laughs> yeah. so fucking well, good. Well, in a town this size. Yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. It, and Ben, you missed the most important description of his lifestyle. He's living large and eating nasty. <laughs> no, I did. Oh, you did. I had that written down. Because of course, I was like, I bet that made CM really happy. I love it. I still talk about eating nasty to everybody, and only you guys have read Lisey's story with me, so it's a real problem. Uh, but he calls this diner and asks for Brad Josephson. The lady that works at the diner is like, "Who the fuck is this? Oh, you have a real bad cold." Because he's falling apart and like bleeding out of his mouth. Yeah, he is spitting up bloody phlegm at that. But he gets hold of Brad Josephson and leads him to the China pit by telling him there's some birds, which makes me <laughs> so sad for Brad Josephson. Yeah. Someone that likes bird watching has to be a good guy. Yeah. Him and Stan could have been friends. 
Uh, but he doesn't get to survive much longer because he heads to the China pit and gets thrown in the office where Mary is locked now. He has to listen to everyone else die. The shift change. Yeah. Oh my God. I I literally just wrote the shift change for this part. No further notes. Yeah, it's so crazy because the as people are coming in, he's Carrie's just picking them off. And other people who hear the gunshots aren't really concerned because that's a common thing to get. Like there's they just go out and shoot on that's, Saturday mornings sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So this guy is hearing all of this happen. He is ready when that door opens. Unfortunately, he doesn't know what he's up against, so it doesn't matter, but I applaud him for that. Yeah, because when he finally goes for Brad, Brad jumps him, but he doesn't stand a chance. He doesn't know how strong, so. yeah. And he breathes tack into Gives his him a mouth. bloody kiss. Blech. Use tongue next time. <laughs> and then it falls off into Brad's mouth. Oh. I hate that so much. <laughs> but Brad's tran the way his transformation is described is so fucking rad. I didn't make any notes about what that transformation was described. But I remember reading it. It, it reminds it's just, me kind of, he, of like, hulking swells. out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very funny because pretty soon we get a moment where David takes a second to for us fill in the plot hole of why Kali's clothes weren't uh, ripped off yeah. his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I never once thought of that. Like, yeah, even yeah. with Brad bursting out of his clothes as he... One of us would have, you know it. We're so <laughs> fucking annoying sometimes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, we know, listeners. <laughs> yeah. as, as we end the story, Johnny takes a second and he's like, I believe this story. I, I know this is true. Uh, but he sure doesn't want to, and it is not doing the job at convincing him he needs to stay. So he stands up and drops his fucking wallet. Oh, my favorite part. Is this? Really? Now when he drops his wallet, Cynthia. No. Oh, okay. Go, go. Yeah. Let us do it. So he drops his wallet. We're going to pause on that. We're going to put a pin in that for now. It'll be important later. Yes. But he's basically like, sorry, guys, I'm out. And and David's still trying. And he says something brutal to David. He like berates him about his dead family. And is like, yeah, like his dad's the only one. He he's it's vicious. Mean. And he immediately like hears his own words and sees the look of hurt on David's face as if someone he trusted as a friend had betrayed him, which is what happened. Mm -hmm. And Cynthia she goes flying at him. She's like, you bitch, you cunt. And, I, and she, because like, he, I think he hopped down out of the, the truck at this point. Yeah. And she runs to the back of the truck and she kicks out at him, almost hits him so hard that she almost falls and yeah. Steve has to grab her. And he's like, I've never been called a bitch or a cunt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Johnny, you're a I, I find cunty that, bitch. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> From everything we know about Johnny. Yeah, but he's he's been in circles where people are just going to put up with the shit. That's fair. Because he's important to them. He's valuable. Johnny, at this point, can't he can't find a reason to fight for good that benefits him. And so that's all that matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no upside for him. So why would he be involved? Mm -hmm. Luckily, though, David eventually finds his wallet, which I don't know if we're quite there yet. Oh, my God. Well, first, <laughs> I, I, before Johnny bounces for real, he tells everyone in the van, 
all you can do here is be cantaz for David's cannibal god. Ooh, I love and that. And I wrote in all caps, God damn it, he's right. I know, he says such cool things. I'm like, it, Johnny. Annoys, this is what I was talking about <laughs> earlier, where... <laughs> objectively i think if you take out all of the like religious i don't know where where we are supposed to be on god's side because he's god i guess a lot of the stuff johnny says makes a lot of sense but because it is put in a narcissist and a womanizer and a bad person it's like oh if you think the way johnny thinks you're an asshole and it's king it, just being it's like annoying. hey constant readers suck it yeah it it, it bothers <laughs> i'm gonna make me you personally. like this fucker <laughs> sorry i'm swearing so much i don't know why because <laughs> swearing's fun <laughs> david says if you go tack wins it's mark is on you and johnny is like nah peace out. i got cologne <laughs> I, I, I can get rid of tax stink. Yeah. Yeah. If, if uh, you know, maybe I'll stink, but stink washes off, right? Right? Mm. And he leaves, and David finally looks in the wallet and is hit with a god bomb. Someone else say it. He finds a photograph in the wallet, and it's of three men. They're in front of a bar. We find out later what that bar is called. And he recognizes one of the young men as Johnny. The guy from his vision. That's right. God is young Johnny. That's not God. He I said know. he's not God. Yes. That's why, and that's why he says, It'll, that's funny. But you don't know why that's funny, but that is funny. It's annoying to me because mm-hmm. he's, sure, he's not God. Johnny being the Jesus analog in mm-hmm. this book is so <laughs> annoying to me. The the only thing that I'm kind of not an, I'm not annoyed by it, but I'm slightly disappointed, I guess, is probably the strongest I feel. Mm-hmm. I really love Steve and Cynthia and everybody else basically takes a back seat yep. to Johnny, <laughs> like even yeah. David in a way, not yep. as much. But man, I would have loved to spend some more time with Steve and Cynthia. Absolutely agree. It, it's I, not a bad book because of that. I just no. I, I agree. In the first part of the book, when we first meet Steve and Cynthia, I immediately was like, oh, our protagonists. Mm-hmm. Steve is going to be the He's gonna big save the hero. day. Yeah. He's the stew. He's the yeah. Well, he is the stew because he gets yeah. sidelined. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and it turning into Johnny's book. And I mean, I guess it is It's still fun. It's still fun, and I like that. It does answer our question of, is this book about Vietnam? And a thousand percent, <laughs> this book is about the Vietnam War. Uh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it the, the God, the person that we assume when we meet him is God being Johnny's <laughs> ghost <laughs> is... Uh, it's a lot. Okay. Uh, we're going to get to my point on this, uh, like, towards the end. But this book, the the... Highlighted difference I have between this book and, say, The Stand, where we have gods interacting directly, is that where The Stand was the the gods setting the pieces and then letting them play out, this book, when you take a step back and you look at the, the macro of it, is two gods playing chess with human lives. Mm-hmm. Because so many of the events are this piece led to this piece, which led to this piece, to this piece, to have this battle. Mm. And... I'm a big chess fan, and so thinking of it that way makes me love this book ten times more. <laughs> but it's yeah. very cool to see that, like, it, the reason the form is Johnny is because he has to eventually recognize that photo, which will then lead to this. And it's just the little uh, the little god dominoes mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. just a lot of fun for me. 
we go back to Mary in the in the critter room and she talks to God. And God, it, this this I find very interesting because God says, you know, nothing here can hurt you. You're safe here. But she is not safe because God is protecting her. God could care less. God doesn't need to protect her. I find it fascinating that Tack is protecting her. <laughs> right. Because what God says is like, yeah, that's he's true. Pa- impatient. He's like, you need to hurry the away fuck from up. Her. Yeah. Uh, because nothing can hurt you and you know why. And you're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, God's, oh, look at what Mm-mm. God's doing. But mm-hmm. God is just telling her, like, to calm down. To calm, calm down, down, lady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're safe because Tack can't hurt you. He needs your physical form to be safe so it can live in it. I find that really interesting mm-hmm. that God is not saying, I got you. I, I hey, I, I'm I'll protect you. It's just like you're fine. It's the statement of Go facts. do what yeah. I need you to it's, do, idiot. Because yeah. all it, all it's saying is uh they can't hurt you or that they can't hurt you. And that's just a statement of fact. That there's no mm-hmm. <laughs> side to that. She's so grateful for it though. Yeah. Mm. Here's something that I think is interesting. I wish I would have grabbed the lines specifically, but the first time she hears the God voice, she very specifically is like that's that is another voice somewhere mm-hmm. that is an outside voice. And but as that kind of quote unquote conversation goes by the end of it, she has resigned all like she's resigned it to being her intuition. She no longer feels it as an outside voice, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting. We, we talk about in a lot of Stephen King work when you get exposed to that God level thing and then forget it. Mm-hmm. I thought this was almost like a almost a, a flashbang way of bringing that like. So by the end of that, it's like. Maybe that is intuition mixed a little bit in here or whatever. I That's so cool you mentioned that because I was thinking of it kind of as, because David mentions, I think before and then again, really hammers at home later, the free will covenant. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took it as like, God speaks to her and then he's like out because he's like, and then oh, you do what yeah. you want. And so it does become, for me, mm-hmm. it did become her intuition yeah. because he's like, this is what I want you to do. Do it or don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like that. It. It also annoys me because it <laughs> makes. I told said I'm not going to talk about this. Okay, <laughs> Mary does take this little bit of encouragement and walks parts the sea of these poisonous creatures over to a washing machine and rips it out of the wall and finds a hole. Yeah, r- rusted spot in the metal where she can break through. That smells. Oh, you guys. This, oh. It, I hate, I, mm, I don't like it. It does, This is one of my favorite lines from Mary, though. So she pushes, she, she takes a pickaxe to widen the hole, and she crawls her way through, and she sees the field of bodies. Because these, these, she's kind of like up. A little bit up. And so she has to fall out of this hole. Yes. And she sees below her these just dead, gaunt faces. And right before she, when she realizes I have to pull myself out and fall into this, before she goes, she's like, I have to do it. I don't have to look at it. And closes her eyes. But I just, I love that, like, I have to do this. But no one's making me see this. It's so much more upsetting because we just got all the information about all these people that were slaughtered days ago. And Mm -hmm. here we are in the desert and it's hot. So you know they're going to be squishy. And when she dives out of there... And like she has, like you said, she has her eyes closed. She's holding her breath, and she, she can feel oh. their their 
decomposition. She puts her hand in something like jelly. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah. she gives herself a desert bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she bathes like a chinchilla for a second. <laughs> she she escapes through this pile of corpses, and this made me. I, my opinions of Mary have been. Mm, fairly non-existent up she hasn't had a huge character but this made me go fuck yeah she disables Kali's cruiser Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other vehicles so that tack can't freely come and go from the china pit she sees a canta under in in the Mm -hmm. cruiser spider i think yeah stone like the thing that had burst on her hand and hurt her but she avoids it. She uh, pours a bunch of rocks in the carburetor, <laughs> I think, and then slashes a bunch of tires and books it out of the china pit on foot. Rad. Fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, any second, I expected her to get jump scared. I did yeah. too. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. There there are a lot of deaths that I expected that never happened. Yeah. I, I really... I thought there'd be more. I really thought this was a no survivors kind of book. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Shows what I know. Uh, I've read this. Anyway, <laughs> chapter three, we catch up with Johnny, who is in the lab for the first time, staring at the bodies on hooks and thinking about how much one of the women looks like Terry. That threw me so much. I didn't know what to think about that. I it's think cool. it's his guilty conscience. Yeah. I could believe it. Do we know what Terry did? Do we like as a job? Do we know what Terry's mm, job I don't know. was? Mm-mm. I don't think so. No, because I would have not been surprised had she just shown up. <laughs> like there, there are so many strange, you know, godly coincidences. Having his ex that he has always had, kind of as his conscience, just be in desperation. Would have been, I I would have thought that was kind of cool. I don't want to think about the fact that Johnny takes this, by all accounts, wonderful woman, Mm -hmm. and in his piece of shit way, makes her a corpse. He kills Terry in a way. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that. (laughs) I guess I'm just saying I wish we got more Terry in this book. We kind of do, because he sees her in everything. He sees her in Cynthia. He sees her in Mary. It's true. Anytime he's impressed with somebody, he thinks of Terry. Oh, I just I just love how much mm-hmm. she kicks his ass in this. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the moment when he's like kind of slinking away. Oh, yeah, because he's trying, trying to get to, keys. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's here to find the keys to the ATV to to run away. And as he's doing it, he is hearing her in the back of his head and literally behind him. And she is just not holding anything back the quote i have here is you gave up living for talking about writing i mean jesus johnny (laughs) that's brutal Mm -hmm. and that made me go i wish we had spent more time with terry (laughs) the real terry and i think this is king making him a little redeemable because it's his thoughts so Mm. it gives him a little bit of self-awareness and almost humility. I don't know if I can quite say that. Just knowing, like, he knows. Mm. Uh, yeah, he definitely knows, because this is also the part we get a lot more stuff about Johnny thinking about Nam. Uh, as he is rifling through dead men's pockets, he Ooh. is comparing himself to a looter 
desecrating bodies for treasure. This and is that's brutal. This is one of those books I do kind of wish I had. I mean, I wasn't old enough, but like I had more social experience with the context of what King's mm-hmm. writing about. Because as awesome as that part is, I know it's not hitting me the way it hits people who were sure. around. Yeah. Yeah. Even without a lot of like, I'm not a history buff by any stretch of the imagination. This particular quote absolutely fucking killed me. He's going through these motions. He is running away with his tail between his legs and he's thinking about David's miracles. And he thinks to himself how he is sweating, quote, The sick sweat that came with knowing you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, with fundamentally good people who were spoiling themselves, maybe forever, by doing the wrong thing. I have goosebumps right now just (laughs) thinking. I did too. (laughs) So good. So good. It is, it makes Johnny so, like... It makes it seem like his shittiness is slightly more of a a wall that he's put up Mm -hmm. than it initially seems. So it makes you a little more on his side, which I guess King needs us to kind of be getting on his side. Yeah, it shows. It it goes towards showing what we find out. Mm -hmm. Well, what we've kind of found out, the whole Johnny died physically, but also he died spiritually Mm -hmm. in Vietnam. This, he is still back in the atrocities that he witnessed as a writer in, in Vietnam. It's it's killer. But he, in the midst of this, he finds keys. The ATV has three-fourths of a tank of gas. He's like, we're good to go. Uh, all sevens. <laughs> then Terry yells at him, and Johnny decides to throw a hammer at the corpse that dares hate him as much as he hates himself. Uh, <laughs> just then... A fucking wolf jumps out of nowhere. <laughs> That's all right. This next like bit, we established that Tack has been meditating, and mm-hmm. this next part, we get him cycling through his visions. And the this process of reveals is so fucking great to me. It's he we had we jump into this wolf staring down Johnny, and it goes back to Tack, and Tack is quote unquote piloting that wolf, and he's like, all right. We're good here. Let's pop over to see what the boys in the truck are doing. It pops over. Not a single creature is inside that he can get any read on. He's he, being blocked. Yeah, he can see everything around it from mm-hmm. all the creatures, but not a lick of what's going on inside. And it's like, shit, I guess I should go check on Mary. Mary's gone. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and then it's like, why did I waste all this time meditating? I'm an idiot. Yeah, because uh, Ellen is really really falling apart yeah yeah i wrote uh there's a quote for the first time tack was afraid and i it it kind of from from here to the end tack's kind of a non-entity yeah i mean yeah he has one big push (laughs) but like from here and this is still a long ways from the end I wrote, this is kind of Team God's game to lose. It's it's more about how cruel God is than how scary Tack is. Yeah. Which, again, is King. I feel like that's King telling us, hey. Yeah. yeah. Tack is fighting for survival at this point. Mm. Like, raw survival. Yeah, and God's like, you're gross. Stop I like it, it out. Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mary is running up the side of the China pit, 
She is well aware that if she falls, if she stumbles, if anything happens, she's going to get caught. She is dead. And she is being uh, followed by the one animal nearby that Tack can kind of control and send after her, a bat, (laughs) which she punches out of the air. That's not the bat's fault. I hated that. It was so never the buzzard's cruelty. fault. It was never any of their faults. <laughs> I just like that she <laughs> that punched, punched a bat. It's great. There. But she's she's running, and I think this is the point where she hears Tack yelling behind mm-hmm. her. If the the moment the thing I kind of wish this would happen, but I also am kind of glad it didn't. But when she's running and looks over her shoulder and she sees that like because she's also moving very slow she's her, her side is splitting she's winded as hell uh, she's trying to run and the elm thing is dying as it's chasing and so it's a chase but it's kind of a slow chase and i just kept thinking oh shit the mommy's after us <laughs> the mom- let's walk a little faster <laughs> okay <God damn. laughs> we we go back to the van and david has a vision and says he has to go find Johnny alone. And I wrote, bye, David. <laughs> uh, as he sprints off, I so fully expected to get a, and they never saw him again. This is, he's going to go find Johnny, and then David's going to die, and it'll be up to everyone else. Or there'll mm-hmm. be a Jesus thing. I don't know. Honest, if we'd gotten and they never saw him again, I would have immediately assumed the rest of the people in that truck were going to die. Or that. That's, how, that's what I would have mm. guessed. Also true. But yeah, we don't get that. No. We just have David running off into the night and saying that the others have to go to the China pit to save Mary. Ralph flips the fuck out reasonably. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they subdue him and convince him to go along with the plan. And he agrees that God has to protect David because Johnny fucking won't do it. Yeah. Whew. Ooh. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get Johnny dealing with the wolf in chapter four. I tax vision when he is piloting the wolf ends with him going, oh, and Johnny reaches for something on the table. I'm not going <laughs> to think about it. And we're like, we know he has a hammer. He's not a planner. He said so himself. <laughs> Johnny is freaking out and pleads to God for help. And God helps him by Randy Johnsoning a Man. wolf with a hammer. <laughs> this is so <laughs> so King Baseball. Yeah, because he's he's like, oh, I've thrown enough pitches that have gone high mm-hmm. that I know what it feels like, and that went high, but it somehow struck the wolf right in the center of the head, kills it instantly. And Terry from the wall yells at him because he. Ref- still refuses to believe in God even after acknowledging calling out, that, yeah, yeah, calling out to him in a moment of crisis, yeah, and acknowledging that his throw was bad, but it somehow still landed. I love I the way it's described. This is how I'm picturing it. Tell me if you guys agree or disagree. <laughs> David was just standing there watching the whole thing, and then he's like, "Cool, dude." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I love that. I yeah. I want that to be true. Like, yeah, hey, man, like, nice shot. Wow, you fucking <laughs> killed that fucking wolf. Good, huh? <laughs> Uh, David walks out from behind uh, the goofy computer, I assume. (laughs) Um, He's like, yeah, good job. Uh, Here's your wallet, by the way. I know it's, yeah, I saw you in my vision. And Shani's like, that's fucking stupid. I don't, I don't believe that. And then David sings the song that was playing when Johnny died. Wild. What? 
I can't imagine what that would feel like to hear those. I mean, we've heard David say things that have caught Johnny off mm-hmm. guard before, mm-hmm. but to hear the so- that song. <laughs> and for something that's so like plagued him and yes. kind of ruined his life in a way. Mm-hmm. This is what where we really get the real shit about Johnny and his time in Vietnam and that he died uh, briefly. And he mentions like the, the recovery and that he was, you know, in these field hospitals for a while and that he came back from Vietnam with an STD and an addiction. And so he when he came back and Terry met him at the airport, he was in literally the worst place in his life. And she made she referred to the war as his war and he slapped her across the face in the airport so hard it drew blood at the idea that it was somehow his war and how deeply that angered and hurt him. And that smack, he felt it the way she felt it, is that that was the beginning of the end. His life, he realizes that he wishes he died back there, essentially, is that moment, that he knew the rest of his life would be nothing but hell. Uh, There's a small moment where he compares Vietnam. Uh, He calls it a nasty scavenger hunt in a nasty war, a Kanta and Kantak. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, I then wrote that I hate Johnny as a Jesus. Uh, (laughs) It's because having this David says... You know, you have been dead spiritually since Vietnam. Yes, he said God can raise the dead too. Yes, he says, but God resurrects. (sighs) And I'm like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, don't, don't compare. It's bad enough this guy has been called the best writer in the entire world (laughs) forever, the whole book. Don't call him a literal Jesus Christ allegory. At the end, he's not screaming, I'm I'm the best. Yeah. Everyone's going to heaven because of me. Uh, I have a theory. We'll get to it at the end. Then. All right. All right. But as as Johnny is processing all of this, well, no, uh, he doesn't take time to process all of this. He breaks down immediately and is born again. It's he drops to his knees and I, it's just a small but great moment. I felt that he hands the wallet back and Johnny puts it in his front pocket instead of his hmm. back pocket. And immediately stays kneeling and goes into prayer. Yeah, he's like, what do I say? Yeah. Help me. I, I, I love that David this entire time has been trying to convince him because of these outside things. When in true Johnny fashion, all, all David had to him. do was make it all about Johnny yes. and why it makes sense for Johnny. And Johnny would be like, well. Sign You're, me right. I'm a believer. <laughs> You're right. I am the savior. <laughs> You're right. I, I guess. You know what? I hadn't thought of myself as a force for God, but <laughs> well, now I'm on board. What sucks even more <laughs> is that this point, just this, just this born again moment is enough in all the other characters eyes to be like, wow, this guy's pretty great. Because when they're all meet up mm. again, Mary has the thought of how much she's always liked Johnny. Based on what? Was it when he grabbed her so hard that she was rubbing her wrist for an hour? Yeah. Is it the part in a chapter after he's been saved when he sexually harasses her? What the hell? <laughs> what? It, the only redeeming thing that Johnny does is accept God into his heart and then doesn't change any of his behavior. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> what I... Think that moment is supposed to be is not yes it's him obviously accepting 
faith and and in all of that good stuff. But it's the acknowledgement. The he says something. The prayer he gives is "Help me live again." And it's because all of this is. It's that Johnny's carried this his whole life. He's in in this the part of his heart that he wouldn't access. He's known all of this to be true. And it's not until hearing this little boy tell him direct, here are all the hard truths about the way your life has been. And it, the shot, it's a, it's a clean shot that goes straight through him and makes him see not to take accountability for his actions (laughs) or anything yet, but lets him see he can have a great purpose. Yeah. Well, see that he really did die Mm -hmm. and, and that, how that has has uh shit i forgot what the the line is but it's something like uh all his life he died then he spent the rest of his life trying to catch up Mm -hmm. and that rings very true i love this moment for david yeah absolutely this i mean this is david fulfilling the purpose Mm -hmm. we leave johnny and david there and catch back up with mary fleeing from tack you had cm do you want to walk us through this It's like a horror movie. She's running and looking behind her and she sees the Ellen thing gaining on her and she's telling herself not to fall. So, of course, (laughs) she is going to fall. And it it is so this is very tense. I love it. It is just so Mm -hmm. close because it's enough time for Ellen, who's like falling apart to catch up to her enough so that she grabs like she puts her she gets a hold of her hair but mary's hair is so sweaty and gory from falling into corpses that she slips out of her grasp she grabs for her shirt and tries to twist her hand in it and can't can't manage it and so mary just barely gets away from her when she sees headlights coming yeah it is so close and it is it is so much that dream of running away from mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and no matter like how fast, fast yeah, yeah it doesn't matter how fast you're trying to run you are at a crawl i hate is there it's, a worse feeling than no that? <laughs> no and then fortunately the ellen thing also trips i imagine like the it like basically describes her organs bursting like water was, balloons. Uh, yeah, like, that's it, what I was picturing. Like yeah. she falls and just explodes. Yeah. Tack's not dead though. Tack's like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> the, the wolf is like three miles away, killing Johnny. There's <laughs> nothing that I can get into that will not, and Tack's been having this thought the whole time, that will not just explode as soon as I <laughs> enter it. That's when it sees a shadow flying overhead, an mm-hmm. enormous shadow. I love that this is the first thing I never thought that this would happen. (laughs) It is a golden eagle, which are huge, enormous birds. I had to remind myself that they're gigantic. (laughs) Horrifyingly huge. We end the chapter with Johnny taking uh, the hammer and tucking it into his belt of Chekhov's guns (laughs) uh, and driving away, having a friendly talk with David and saying the phrase, I think you're going to come out of this all right, too, I think. Mm. Ooh. I, imminent death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, th- at this point, I still believed everyone's dying. <laughs> yeah. I'm only partly right. They talk about God's cruelty, and Johnny has a seizure. It's fine. Yeah, move on. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Take it at face value, everyone. Don't make eye contact with David, but it's, uh, it's a seizure. <laughs> Chapter five, our final chapter, uh, starts from the perspective of an eagle. Okay, here's what's awesome. 
not only we get it earlier that in regards to tax thoughts with the Ellen thing of being able to just drive out of town and being like, well, fuck, Ripton knew how to drive that. Ellen doesn't know how to do shit. <laughs> and that we, because we asked about that earlier, what does it take? And I love that it begins with Tack rapidly losing human language yes, at all. Yes, it's so cool. Oh, I love it. It's so good. All he is thinking about is waiting for the right moment to dive and tear David's eyes out, killing him so fast he doesn't have the chance to realize he's dying blind. That's the fucking most metal <laughs> sentence King has ever written. <laughs> ben, did you get that tattooed on your chest? Fucking that rules. Yeah, it's in the fucking like super spidery metal font. <laughs> you can't actually read it. It's awesome. They are finalizing their plans. They're all gathered around. They've finally all come together. And I love that someone asks, well, okay, we're going to get out of here, but... What happens if the mining company comes back? What if they try it again? And David's like, that's God's problem. This irritates me so much. My type A-ness can't deal with that. Because then I went through all this trouble. Like, if I had the Hellraiser cube, I would constantly be worried about somebody finding it. I would never, I I would go to check the spot I buried it every day. Oh, never played Jumanji. I know, yeah. <laughs> Not end well for yeah. you. See, this is my problem. I watch Hellraiser and Jumanji too much. Yeah. On repeat. <laughs> it's a weekly the thing. Ultimate, the <laughs> ultimate double feature. The true sequel to Hellraiser. <laughs> 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 you watch them back to back. <laughs> well, what if the protagonists were reversed <laughs> in those movies? <laughs> that crazy pervert just ends up playing a board game for two hours. <laughs> Like, I rolled a six. I'm super hard for some reason. Uncle Frank. Yeah. Uh, I thought we told you not to bring the sex dice to to Monopoly night, sir. (laughs) In my butthole, you must wait until the dice read five or eight. (laughs) Wow. I've never been more disgusted and proud. I did it. That's really good. That's so good. Oh, anyway, what book were we reading? (laughs) The Hellbound Heart, chapter five. (laughs) I completely lost track of where we were. Oh, it was, uh, it's God's problem. Yes. Uh, So it's just them talking about hanging out when all of this is over. And I just wrote, these folks are so fucking dead. (laughs) They don't have a chance. You can't talk about the future this much at the end of a King book. (laughs) Exception that proves the rule. They start heading toward the China pit. And David says, we're going to find my mom. I, when we do, I'm not going to look. And dad, I don't think you should either. Which is a good idea. I'm glad they did that. Yes, you don't need to see that. Yeah. (laughs) This is the moment where Johnny says some snarky shit and Mary's like, this guy's all right. And I'm like, why? Sorry, I got to defend Mary because she's grieving. So I guess her head's all messed up. Johnny's charming and she's she's can't even grieve her husband yet. Oh, God, I'm glad this book ends the way it does so we don't have to have Johnny and Mary <laughs> hooking up. Yeah. But they reach the bottom of the China pit. Mary takes a second to reach into Entragian's cruiser and rip the tiny bear from the beginning of the book off the dashboard. Even though Peter was the one that had the thing about the bear, 
I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, right? But uh, to be fair, Mary might have, but we were only getting uh, Peter's perspective mm, from that that's beginning true. part. That's but fair. I did really like the, like, fuck this bobble. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it just stressed me out because I was like, no, g- g- move. Do the important thing. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, this is also Johnny is a real creep toward He's her like, for no reason. Oh, I've oh, because she tells him to hold her, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then when she's like, you can let go now. And he's like, squeezes her waist. He's like, oh, I was just getting familiar with the topography. And she's like, I'm not a map. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I aren't we, that. isn't this guy's redemption arc in process? Like, well, now he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's okay that he's a creep because he <laughs> believes in God. <laughs> Someone casually mentions that it has been 12 hours is that right? It feels like days. Right, exactly. It feels exactly. like they have been here Which for days. Well, and we have because we've gotten all the backstory. They head to the office because they know they need to go into the office to get the info. Ralph shoots the lock off the office door, and I'm like, well, that's going to, he's dead. <laughs> I, <laughs> Any um, second. Every reread, I was like, keep the helmet on, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oof. <sighs> they head into the office and find all of this info, and Steve marks the moment when Johnny takes over. He calls him boss and feels like that's the right mm-hmm. thing for the first time. I do time. really think this is cool. Like, just giving Steve that moment, I mm. liked. And it's something so small. Johnny just gives him an order. Like, he says, uh, hey, go grab the flashlight. Like, he, it's just, but the confidence and the authority mm-hmm. he gives it has that sense of Johnny's here for all of us. Like, it gives him that inspiration. I think it's, yeah, you're right, it's great. Mm-hmm. As they're gathering up the explosives, Johnny tells everyone, you know what, uh, everyone go on outside. Steve, I need you to hang back here so I can talk to you real quick. And immediately everyone's like, fuck that. What are you trying to pull? And Johnny shows that he's not hiding anything by showing David his underwear. <laughs> Weird move. Well, David showed him his <laughs> That's true. Fair oh my fair? Question no. <laughs> mark? No, Sam's right. I was immediately like, oh, I guess. But then he's like, oh, David was checking for Cantaz. Yeah. Which, when would he have grabbed one? Like, why now? Also, it it gave us Steve kind of making fun of Johnny's rich guy fat belly. (laughs) Johnny deserves it. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of weird. It was like, why? They think he has Cantaz. It makes sense to me. Now? I mean, Audrey. I guess he was gone for a little while. Mm-hmm. I, and, yeah. And, and his personality sense. has changed. Yes. That, yeah. Okay. That does make sense. F- fair enough. King, you got me. <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> Finally, everyone decides, okay, fine. And Johnny tells Steve that he did not have a seizure, in fact, that he had a vision from God. And later he says, like, he he doesn't know exactly what's coming. He's just a page ahead of everyone else. And he knows that David thinks that he's going to sacrifice himself to save them. And that's not the plan. So when the time comes, does Steve have Johnny's back? Is he going to grab David when he tells him to? And he says, 
sure, sure, sure will. Uh, I like that he does says, will the girl help you if if you really need to? Because he's going to try to get away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I think she will. I, it's just, I agree. The fact that we get so little Cynthia yeah. in the last, yeah. uh, the last fifth of the book. And I just want to mention here, since we're talking about it, when Johnny took off, he was, you know, was trying to tell everybody, like, you guys should come with me. And he looks at Steve and Cynthia and he goes, you two would be good somewhere together. Yeah. You should come. You're crazy for not coming. Um... They they head out and they get to the top of the shaft and David leads a prayer, the Lord's Prayer. David says that he has to go alone and Johnny tells him that plans have changed, that they all have to go. This is heartbreaking because is, isn't this mm-hmm. where he's like, mm-hmm. okay, except dad, don't go because it's going to be bad for you. Don't do it. Yeah. And Ralph is like, I go where you go. <sighs> and this is the moment where I, I thought this was going to be something because David kind of rejects renounces god because he this is the moment where he says no i will not do this and i was like is this going to play out that like is is david this is why the switch happened yep. this is why god needed johnny mm-hmm. because david does yeah except everyone doesn't need to go down there he only has to go down so that david's father gets sacrificed like, that's the only reason they all, because after Ralph, uh, spoiler alert, Ralph <laughs> dies in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And after that, David, Johnny's like, okay, we're done. You all can go now. It's in that <laughs> battle that Tack is defeated of a mortal body. That's so true, that, the so eagle. The eagle mm-hmm. dies in that struggle, which is, so his death does have meaning because it's part of that. Okay. Once the physical threat has been eliminated, Johnny can do the rest by himself because there's no yeah. thing uh, attacking. That Thank does you. make Thank sense. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, that you're helps. welcome. <laughs> okay, it we still sucks. We get so upset sometimes. <laughs> it's still... It's just because David's left with yeah. nobody. Oh it's my God, so it's brutal. Poor kid. It is brutal. I can't and wait to is... talk about this death. Do it's it, let's do it. Crazy. Go for it. Oh, boy. Uh, David leads into the pit. They move in using flashlights, moving over glints of gold and bones of dead bodies. It's spooky as hell. And out of the darkness, wings, massive wings that they can't fathom what's it, what it's attached to, come out of the darkness. They go towards David. Ralph pulls David out of the way, and she uses his own body to shield David's body. And the eagle bites off his fingers, sinks Ugh. its talons through its cheeks and into its face. You just massacres Ralph, who is just using his body to shield He's his son. A good dad. Yeah. And Steve uses his gun to club the eagle. Because he can't fire. He's yeah. about to fire and Johnny's like, you're going to bring this whole yes. thing down on We're us. We're carrying things that will explode. Yeah. And so he uses it as a club. And when he hits the eagle, it uses its talent to rip open Ralph's throat, making him bleed all over David, who's under him, which is just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny and Steve rush in. Johnny breaks the talon that's in Ralph's throat and Steve starts slamming the eagle's head against the wall until it dies. Mm-hmm. It is savage. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, Mary, buzzard callback, uh, Johnny rips one of the wings off. Doesn't Mary strangle a bird? Doesn't she like put her hands around its neck? Oh yeah, Ma- Mary oh, brings yeah, the yeah. eagle's neck Sorry, with her bare hands. I just wanted to hand. give her that moment. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was the next thing in my notes. Yeah, she like they've ripped it apart. And I could, I can't imagine st- strangling a, a golden eagle. But then it's what's even more tragic is that when they get David to his feet, the look on his face is described as as though that's what he expected to happen. I Ugh. I love this exchange with him and Johnny. Yes, mm-hmm. 
David's upset and Johnny knows this is the moment and he grabs him and David starts to fight back violently and Johnny's saying, Steve, Steve, help me. And Steve's staring at the carnage. He's just a little bit like in shock. And he finally kind of realizes and he comes to and he grabs, he helps Johnny, he grabs David and Johnny's like, you talk about like pain and suffering the way somebody who lives in Hawaii talks about snow. Like you, you know what it is, but you've never experienced it. And, you know, God is cruel because sometimes he makes us live. And like, this isn't your fight anymore. I've got this. Go to your friend, Brian, make him your brother. Oh, it's so sad. Tell yourself that your family was run off the road by a drunk driver. Happens all the time. And just try to be okay and have a life. And and David, like he's not really responding to Johnny. He doesn't even know if he's listening because he just kind of goes limp in Steve's arms. And then he's like, can you feel it? Can you feel God in you? Like, yes. like a hand, like a fire. And Johnny says yes. And he's like, then you won't take this personally. And he spits in his face. Yeah. It's it, so good. It's also such a testament to the weight David understood he carried mm-hmm. as that representative. Yes, yes. Ah. Uh. It's so good. And Johnny says, yeah, okay, you are, what? what's the phrase? You're excused. You are excused early. early. And David's like, what now? As did he's doing I, a little, as he's doing a little pickpocket move. Did I miss something when it's revealed? Because yeah. it says Johnny, while he's comforting David, he takes what he needs and leaves something in return. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah, I yeah. miss something? We'll get there. You didn't. Uh, okay, I didn't. No. Okay. I didn't think I did. Anyway, but he he succeeds in turning the group back and Johnny alone equipped with a hammer, a motorcycle helmet and something else heads into the cave. Anfo. The bag and of something Anfo. else. Anfo. And, <laughs> and something, something else. else. And tell Steve, like, get them out of here. And I recommend you do it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, yeah, we're gone. <laughs> yep. And they they head out and Johnny heads into the well of the worlds he kicks a skull apart so disrespectful (laughs) well the skull's talking to him so i guess i get it (laughs) yeah that it disintegrates is pretty cool yeah yeah the fact that he's like he's going in and imagining this releasing the troubled souls of the people that died horribly here is really good i i like that he he walks down into this well and finds the well proper and like I said, this is that shit I do love because the the chamber, the chamber walls are covered in these animal heads like the the canta uh, the cantas that we have seen. They are an animal with another animal for a tongue. And beyond that, another reptilian but not face that he can't even see. Mm-hmm. But looking at makes his head hurt. So cool. Oh, so it. great. And as he's walking, he kind of realizes, like, he's imagining Carrie Ripton coming in here and wondering, I wonder how it happened. I wonder <laughs> how Tack got into it and simultaneously realizing that he is not walking forward of his own volition. He tries so cool. to stop and cannot. That's terrifying. So I, fucking I love scary. these little reveals. Mm-hmm. Like later through another character. It's just so fun. Johnny's life flashes before his eyes as he watches a, a, a muck, a smoke that is neither 
rise mm-hmm. up out of the well. He, ah! he, he doesn't. He he realizes too that his mouth is hanging open, Wide. waiting for it. He can hear it in his head saying, "Open your mouth." And just like Steve in the storm, he's got a boner. It's and the 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 film the muck is like making sucking sounds. Okay, it's it a real sucks. Gremlins two yeah. situation. Because <laughs> he he throws on the motorcycle helmet and he sees the the brown suckers. Yeah, on yeah. The, they're holes. sexy. They're, <laughs> they're holes like eyes that rise out in these smoky, dirty tentacles that he can't actually see. Mm-hmm. It is. Horrifying! It is so fucking scary, you guys. The next part fucked me up a little bit. Is it the fact that it, he says that he knows that if they latched onto him, they would go into his ma- nose and eyes and jizz tack into him? <laughs> That's not me, y'all. That's Stephen King. You're so ashamed. You have to clarify. I, 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 won't, I, I, I will not take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> The 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 butt thing earlier the hell the hellraiser butt thing I'll I'll own up to that but this is Stephen King y'all but he puts on this motorcycle helmet and it, it can't reach him and he climbs into the well no no what did I no miss? no what it did can't I miss? reach his mouth but it grabs him and it pulls him into the well oh yeah which is full of shards of rock and he falls for eternity mm-hmm. and just like it is so bad that he is being shredded to yeah. ribbons his his chaps are kind of protecting him but well and his head is protected thankfully but his body's just being brutalized he tries to stop himself on a rock yeah. and, like rips Ooh. his hand open he is so bloody that by the time he finally comes to a stop at the bottom of this thing he's weak with blood loss mm-hmm. yeah i i don't know how I missed that. Uh, you I, were distracted I, by the jizzing into his body. It thing. really, it really <laughs> upset me. Can can you jizz into your own body? You would have to have someone don't, else. Don't don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. <laughs> hey Google, can no. you? <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> That's what Google responded with. <laughs> <laughs> so at the bottom of the well, Johnny prepares. He pours the info out. He spreads around and he plugs the hole <laughs> at the bottom of the well with a small green shotgun shell. I, I had forgotten this. about the shell because David grabbed it so long ago yeah. and it had never come up again. I remember, like I said in the first episode, there are two scenes that I remember. Or I, there was like yeah. one or two scenes. And then I think halfway through the first episode, <laughs> I said, oh, I just remembered yes, how the yeah. book ends. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was the second I saw the shotgun shell because the first time I read this, when he pulled out the shotgun shell, it hit me like- Hit I you was like, like a shotgun shell? Yeah. <laughs> It, was, it blew my mind. It was mm-hmm. so well hidden throughout the mm-hmm. book. Uh, and there's no moment where we don't lose track of the shotgun shot yeah. if you follow it. It's, it's great. It's good, yeah. And he plugs it up and uh, pulls out his hammer to strike the shotgun shell and yells, I, I don't like being told I'm a piece of shit, so I'm <laughs> killing all of us. <laughs> because I've learned nothing about myself. <laughs> And he strikes the shotgun shell with the hammer, and that is the last thought. To be fair, his last thought is actually, 
about if David's okay. I did like that. He, I, I honestly, That's a fair last thought. It was but he surprising <laughs> that his last thought was for David. Yeah. And not even like Terry, not a woman, for example, not himself. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. The way he's been obsessed with women on his mind and for it to be David. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it makes him tolerable <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. It is it is a mildly heroic death. Fine. <laughs> it's it's a really cool scene. It's amazing. But this leads us to part five, Highway 50, excused early, our epilogue. Steve and the others are fleeing in the van. Mary's yelling, slow down, asshole, and Steve <laughs> just replies. No. <laughs> yeah, the, the pit is like crumbling because the explosion happens shortly after they take off. And so they're really racing against time. They At some point, they feel the back wheels lose traction mm. because that's how fast things are crumbling. But they make it out. They see a flash of white light too uh, strong to look at. But they get away and arrive in desperation in early daylight for the first time. Mm. And they see dead animals everywhere, quote, like a deadly chemical spill, which it is. I mean, they decide to split immediately. They drive past where we started, past the Carver's RV. David can't look. David's nearly comatose. Mary is worried about him because he won't. He isn't there, really. I, I do love when he does break down, though, he takes comfort in Mary and she like like a mother figure mm. and she thinks I can be that for him for a little while and just for me it was kind of a healing moment because he lost his whole family and she lost her husband and mm. she's just giving him this moment and I feel like it's comforting for her too uh they find Mary and Peter's car where they left it and decide to head for Austin they discuss briefly what to tell the authorities just Which the is, first half. Yeah. <laughs> the great answer. Yeah, because I was really worried about that. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That holds up. It'll be perfect. <laughs> no no flaw in that plan. Yeah, and basically, I, did you get a feeling that the town will be destroyed? Like, we're not really yeah. given anything. Well, there have to be, like, there have to be more tunnel, like, mining tunnels under mm-hmm. it, I assume. So I imagine it'll collapse. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what that whole, like, the, I imagine anyway, Rattlesnake being on one end of the pit, mm-hmm. and that explosion brought down Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake mm-hmm. one, and then proceeded to bring down everything Hopefully. through that whole area. So, <laughs> yeah. in, in essence, definitely killing the town because it was a company town. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the stand uh, finale <laughs> with the with the thing in the sky. See, it made me think of the end of The Shining. Because it's the it's the manta ray or whatever that comes yeah, out of the smoke. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I, yeah. I went uh, silly with it. <laughs> yeah, either way, a big <laughs> ominous omen clouds in the sky are a recurring theme. Uh, but in this case, they look up and Mary begins to scream because the dust the that has been kicked up by the explosion forms the shape of a wolf in the sky with a strange reptilian figure coming out of its mouth. Mm-hmm. And then it dissipates. Yeah, and they're all like, see, Mary, look, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone, right? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Don't think about it for every night the rest of your life. <laughs> and as they're about ready to go, uh, David realizes that he's missing something in his pocket. Yeah, he's missing the shotgun shell. And when he reaches into his pocket and pulls out the thing that's there in its place... 
he flips out <laughs> because it is the it is the excused early past that I'd completely forgotten about because it's so early on in the story. The one that he when he was talking to God for the first time about Brian, that he was instructed to leave at the lookout. Yeah, he had to nail it to the the lookout, which we never mm-hmm. discussed. That was the name of the bar yeah, in the yep. picture the that lookout. Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Johnny wrote a note on the pass. Yes. Yeah. This is the part that made me... Did I miss something? How'd Johnny get the note? Is that what you're yes. asking? I have no idea. Did it's a miracle. It's, yeah, it, that's it, right? Yeah. Because even, like, um, David even says, I watched him turn out all of his pockets. I watched him... Uh, he didn't but have it did on him. did he write it? Exactly. What, like, that, <laughs> what? that doesn't make any sense. What? Uh, he had time while he was in the Quonset hut. But it, I, it's just... Where did that pass come from? Like how yeah, how how in the world would he ever have? That's com- it's it completely. Just I think we have to. Yeah, <laughs> I think we have to take it as like a flat out miracle. Well, here's my assumption: yeah. is uh, on his book tour, Johnny drove through Ohio. I mean, that was how many years ago? Was when, when oh, in the was, timeline? It was like last summer. Yeah, last it was like summer. a year ago. Yeah. Okay, so that doesn't hold up because I was like, what? What if Johnny drove through Ohio? And just so happened to walk through the woods in this but one. Would, but why would he pick I up a piece know. of trash? It, I don't know. It's left to be this like, yeah. oh. Listeners, if any of you have any idea, please write in and let us know. I, I really thought I missed <laughs> something. But what it is, it's a note from Johnny saying, buck up. Basically, <laughs> with a Bible verse. That made me want to throw this book across the room. Really? Yes. Uh. The uh, Deuteronomy, who cares? Uh, <laughs> it's John 4, 8 or something. God is love. God basically. is love. <laughs> it It is, it undoes the entire thesis statement of the entire book in one sentence because David's like, yeah, I guess so, and starts praying. No. Okay, here it is. Because it's immediately followed up with, uh, at the at the question is God love and the response is God is everything. So it, God is love. God is cruel. God is, God is all of these things, and that is part of the the faith. That is part of like we have been given nothing this entire book to believe that God is love. If they if there had been any, I I don't. The closest thing we get is like. David and Johnny kind of being pals at the end. Like, I, I don't understand where, where that message comes from. Like, if we had been given any reason to be like, oh, sure, all of this has been terrible, but look at X think, that happened. Does it have to do with the strangers coming together and risking their lives? Not for the town, but for each other. I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I see what you're saying, and I'm just trying to think about, because I didn't think about that very much, because I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, what's where's that coming from? Yeah, I, I, think, I think I got it. I yeah. think I do. So I referenced earlier this, this chess game, because it is, in the end game, it had to be Johnny takes Tech King uh, to win this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is referenced that... All of this is Brian was hit by a car because God needed David to find faith so that David could be led to a place where his family would be slaughtered, where he would be in the same place as Johnny, who needed that, who who needed to be the one to make the sacrifice. So this is that God is cruel. God God had a drunk driver hit a a 10 year old boy so that Johnny could hit a shotgun shell with a hammer a few years later. Uh Great. The opposite 
part of that is that this entire time, David has gone through every single thing he's gone through as a martyr. He he mm-hmm. he knew he would die here because that is what he promised God, not realizing that that was not God's plan. And so the God is love is that, yes, he, David was put through horrible, horrible things that impossible to heal from fully. But he gets to live. He get like he gets to live the rest of his life. He if he maybe he follows that what Johnny said, he he goes back home and he makes Brian his brother and he finds that new family. We don't know. We we've seen uh, his example, Dan Torrance. We've seen I, I how thought these, about him a yeah, lot. We see how this, these yeah. how these uh, people who are impacted so mm-hmm. heavily as children, how they can turn out. I think that if we if, if we got a future David peak, it would be at a happy, fulfilled family mm-hmm. man who has he's earned his reward on earth yeah. through that. And I think that is where it God is all things. And that's that part of that. I let's get into it. It's we're 100 minutes in. <laughs> uh, let's talk for another half an hour about how uh, that whole Please argument. No. <laughs> no, we won't get into it yeah. anyway. Uh, that's the end of the book, y'all. And we'll go into uh, into final ratings. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go first. <laughs> Four out of five blue shirts. <laughs> uh, this this touched on a few of my very personal buttons and uh, annoyed me and uh, <laughs> sent me to my therapist a few times. Uh, but overall, e- even with those elements, it is written incredibly well. It's a great story. It has fantastic the the horror is fantastic the action the suspense is fantastic and even these heavy you know uh topics it's interesting it it is interesting to think about and i think i've benefited from it this book yeah i've been a lot of what you said the the action made the major action sequences are great i love that this is one of those King books that I felt circled back and answered all the questions I posited through and it, everything felt satisfying to me. And the tack is such a fun villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really enjoy it. I love my, myself some villains. Uh, I'm going to give it five out of five blue chambray shirts. It was so easy to read that I flew through it multiple times and five out of five blue chambray shirts. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be covering the TV movie of Desperation. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Khan reminding you, when a person stops changing, stops feeling, they die. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Desperation Part 4. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts by joining our Discord discussions. Just follow the link in the show notes. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio and Twitter at Dairy Public. You can send us an email if you like at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. And you can get bonus episodes on our Patreon at the $5 and up tier and merchandise on our Etsy. Just search Dairy Public Radio. And finally, don't forget to join us on the Facebook group Stephen King Lovers SKL to talk to other King fans. They always have fun stuff to share and discuss, and we highly recommend checking them out. That's Stephen King Lovers SKL. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.